Hello, you are listening to Like What, where we love and review bad movies. My name is Brandon Dansger. I'd like to welcome back Aaron Johnson, our co-host. So this is episode six, right? And this is the last episode of this season. Possibly. Possibly. The last episode ever. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully we continue. I I have no doubt you guys will be hearing from us again. So to celebrate this special episode. We decided to combine Wesley Snipes of Future Sport and Sylvester Stallone of Dread in one awesome movie. Movie I've requested many times. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know you were looking forward to this movie, so we picked none other than Demolition, Demolition Man. Man. Yeah, <laughs> and it's cool because uh, Future Sport was the first movie we ever reviewed, mm-hmm. so it's a nice little, little tie-in. Little tie-in there. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, full circle, definitely. Uh, so I've never, I, I had never seen this movie before. I've seen this movie, I think, a year ago, and it was refre- very only, refreshing. Only okay, just a year ago. <laughs> to see it again. Yeah, so. I I liked it, and so Demolition Man That's is good. is based on Stallone, who's a badass LAPD sergeant. Who like is loose cannon. He doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> His name's John Spartan. You could not have thought of a cooler name than John Spartan. Yeah, it it really <laughs> combines like John is like the epitome of like every action hero in the eighties. Every and action Spartan hero is like a gladiator god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it takes place, or it starts off in nineteen ninety six. And John accidentally gets a bunch of civilians killed while capturing a psychopath named Simon, Simon Phoenix. Phoenix. Played by Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And his performance in this movie is beautiful. I think they just let him run with it. I think he just hung out with Eddie Murphy. Because you may notice he had an Eddie Murphy kind of accent. He, he totally just... talked in like an Eddie Murphy, like Chris Tucker, yeah. like some weird... He was flip-flopping on those yeah. accents a lot. It was almost reminding me of Future Sport, how he just spoke Jamaican or Polynesian, like, out of For nowhere. For no reason. <laughs> I feel they just kind of gave him free reign. And, uh, and I think that's the only way you can work with Wesley Snipes, is just let yeah. him do his thing. You can't give him any scripted material. His character was interesting, because mm-hmm. I didn't want him to be the villain. First, it was a little off-putting, because I'm like, oh, Wesley Snipes, hero. Yeah. And then it was like, I, it took me a bit to get used to the him villain. Being the psychopath, yeah. The psychopath, as they call that's that was literally what they referred to him. They call him like a maniac. Like, maniac, yeah. L- like later on, the, when when the cops first meet him, they go to like they instantly call him a maniac. I don't know how they went to zero to hundred immediately upon yeah. seeing him for the first his time. His name is just maniac. <laughs> maniac. Half the time they don't even refer to his name as like Phoenix. Yeah, they refer to him as the maniac. Maniac, <laughs> a maniac, maniac. Oh no, no. Uh, so as a result of these civilians that Stallone gets killed while trying to capture the maniac, um, Stallone is sentenced to cryosleep. Yeah, it's like the prison of the future, um, and they, like, just put him into cryosleep for several, until his parole arrives. Yeah, so, right after cryosleep, we fast forward to the year 2032, 
and uh, we have this like they create this really weird kooky society, this utopian society, or flawed what, utopian society, where it's like they've eliminated anything that causes violent urges. Like they've <laughs> Sandra Bullock said, they eliminated like meat, swearing, uh, violent movies, like um, contact contact sports, contact lovemaking. It's like sex. It, sex. <laughs> they eliminated everything that causes like violent or like baser urges, and it's just this. I don't know. It kind of created this shitty utopia where everyone just says punchable things. Don't you agree with me? Very. <laughs> like, well, everyone is so annoying in this future. And <laughs> and the movie creates that on purpose in, like, a weird way that made me really uncomfortable. And, and uh, I don't know. The, so the society is, is created by this doctor who dresses like a pope sometimes. In a kimono. Everyone seems to be in wearing a kimono. <laughs> um... And so the, this is a society, as you said, no swearing is is allowed, there's no murder, no crime, and it takes place in a city that's a combination of Los Angeles, San Diego, and Santa Barbara. Is that construction going off again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, sorry, there's Fall really is. loud construction that's been happening in my apartment for the past week, and there's no getting around yeah. it. Let's just outside. say they're, they're doing renovations to the podcast office. <laughs> yes, to the office. <laughs> Moving on, yeah. Moving on. So uh, so it takes place in a city uh, that's a combination of Los Angeles, San Diego, and Santa Barbara. And it's during some sort of earthquake in 2010. They yeah. they were merged. I'm not sure the signs behind it. I don't even it. know why they had to merge Santa, like, Santa Barbara and L.A. together. Why can't they just make it a future L.A.? And it makes you wonder, what's the rest of America like? Is the rest of America like this weird, like, pacifist, Non-existent. like, pussy people? <laughs> are, well, are, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, they don't talk about the rest of America. No, it's a self-contained is... thing. And John Spartan never asks, like, why can't I just move to, like, anywhere else but L.A.? Because everyone <laughs> here is so annoying. <laughs> so, uh, although everything appears, like, perfect in the society... There's a rebellion force uh, that lives underground in the sewers. And, and no one seems to notice, even though they pop like a massive periscope to view the out- outside world. It's very, um, oh, what's the team from Pokemon? Um, team Rocket? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, very yeah, yeah. Team Rocket-esque. <laughs> In uh, the way that they go about committing these crimes. Yeah. It's very exaggerated, just like Team Rocket. That's what I was thinking when I was watching it. Uh, so this rebellion creates kind of havoc and, and, um, not that much havoc and, but the doctor, Pope dude, whoever he Mm. is, secretly hates them. Maybe not secretly, but he hates them. He hates them. (laughs) And so he, I mean, his plan goes as far as to murder them. Yeah. Yeah, So that's, so he awakens, uh, Wesley Snipes character, Simon Phoenix from Cryoth sleep because uh, they both get mm-hmm. put in cryo sleep and so he awakens simon phoenix from slumber and he's like men- this new they, simon phoenix is mentally conditioned the thing is when those prisoners are put into cryotherapy they're like given sight like hypnosis or some kind of they're brainwashed they're brainwashed sense. basically for rehabilitation but simon phoenix was rehabilitated Instead of to be peaceful, like John Phoenix was, who like ended up knitting a sweater because that was his rehabilitation. Yeah. Uh, Simon Phoenix ended up being rehabilitated to basically kill the leader of the resistance on site, and he was implanted with a bunch of skills like computer hacking, ninja karate, skills. yeah, and like how to like how to basically be the perfect assassin. There's yeah. no way this plan couldn't have gone wrong, which we later on find out. Yeah. So <laughs> Snipe gets a bit crazy, 
and he starts destroying just people. He cause, stuff. Cause chaos. He causes basically what starts the movie off is he causes the first ever murder in um, like in 16 30, years. In 16 years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and the police are flabbergasted. Yeah, they they're have, dumbfounded of what the fuck a murder is. They have no they call it uh what do they call it? They call uh, it murder death, death kills. kills. So they don't even just call it murder or death or kills. They have to they throw the three it. words in. Like that, that doesn't make it easier. Like that's not like that doesn't make the word shorter. That just I don't know. Literally every time they mention a murder, they're like, Wow, there's been a murder death kill today. This morning Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We've had eleven murder death kills so far. I could talk for hours about how I'm annoying this future is and their language and just the way they act and just like oh man yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the police are, are are kind of they're they're not equipped to handle the situation there's a great scene where sandra bullock who plays one of the police officers is like you see we have become a society of peace loving and and understanding and we are quite frankly not equipped to deal with this situation oh no we we don't know what to do how do we deal with this and so she comes up, she's obsessed with the 20th century, and she comes up with the great idea of reawakening the, the, this epic police cop, John Spartan, to stop Simon Phoenix. And the movie just becomes a giant cat and mouse yeah, chase yeah. between Sandra Bullock and the police Spartan, force yeah. and uh, Simon Phoenix, where they're trying to catch him, kill him, yeah. stop him. And uh, Simon Phoenix is going around killing people. Yeah. Uh, and John Spartan's blowing shit up. <laughs> yeah. So Demolition Man, I, I think, as I said, is very aware of its you, ridiculousness. You think it's aware? I think that it has to be. It has to be aware. <laughs> There's no way they created these ridiculous scenes and moments without knowing, hey, we're creating this like crazy society that's totally totally out there. I can see that. I like to think that everyone wasn't aware of this and everyone thought they were legitimately making a good movie. There's this one specific scene where Stallone tries to use the bathroom. Ah, my favorite scene! Yeah, well, and, my second favorite scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently they've replaced toilet paper with... With three seashells. With three seashells. And, and there's this... And it... Do you... How do you think... Okay, so I've so Stallone walks walks out of the bathroom. He's like, "Hey, yeah, toilet paper." And Rob Schneider, who's like a who's like a random character, in this and movie, he's from he's ironically from Drudge Dread. Dread. Yeah, there's lots of similarities. <laughs> but basically, he's like, "Ha! Look at this guy. He doesn't know how to use the three seashells." I don't know if you guys know it, but you're uh, you're out of toilet paper. Did did you say toilet paper? Oh, they used handfuls of wadded paper back in the twenties. <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> I can see how that could be confusing. Now, as the audience member, you're like, I wouldn't know how to wipe my ass with three seashells either. And they never explain. They, they come never... back to it la uh, at later the end. At they the bring, very it up, end. bring it up three times. So John walks into his bathroom, he sees the three seashells, and he's like, huh. And at the end, the very last line of the movie is, you know what? I have one question. How do you use the three seashells? It's such a weird joke that's like, I don't even, like, that's such a weird joke as the audience member. I can't figure out how to use three seashells, three seashells to wipe my ass. No one knows. No one knows. It's it's a mystery. And the my favorite one with the, relating to this is so there's this AI system that that uh, 
in which every time you swear, it gives you like a violation mm-hmm. note. And so, uh, and it's all throughout the movie. And so, it's my favorite gag is anyone will like, uh, Sylvester Stallone will swear, and you'll just hear like a beep, like off distance in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, the, uh, there's this one scene where Stallone, uh, goes up to the, this machine that like prints out notices when you swear, and he just starts swearing yeah. at it, like every single curse word he can think of. Thanks a lot, you shit. So much for the seashells. And he's like, so much for the seashells. Because <laughs> he's using... I, I didn't catch that, actually. Yeah. I didn't know he said that. Okay. So he's using the notices as toilet paper. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so that was... I love that genius. scene. genius. Oh, my God. So that was a fantastic So little... I guess that was the payoff for that gag. Because I was like, I don't understand this joke. <laughs> yeah, that was the payoff. And I... See, but it's like all of it added together... They know what they they knew what they were doing. They yeah. knew they were creating okay. this wacky universe. You got me thinking. I think they yeah they were aware of it because at one point and they tr- to d- me d- what they call the museum or what they, the Arnold Schwarzenegger what the, the Schwarzenegger so, Library or something yeah. Like that. So in this universe, Arnold Schwarzenegger was president and he has his own library named after him, like many U.S. presidents. I've been an enthusiast of your escapades for quite some time now. I have in fact perused some newsreels from the Schwarzenegger Library, and that time that you took that car. Hold it. The Schwarzenegger Library? Yes, the Schwarzenegger Presidential Library. Wasn't he an actor when Stop. you... Stop, he was president? Yes. Even though he was not born in this country, his popularity at the time caused the 61st Amendment, which states that... I anyone... don't want to know. And there was... I, and I'm looking at the movie, there's a lot of weird callbacks. At one point, they... Um, doesn't Wesley Snipes call? Like, they're still like, okay, come on, Rambo, fight me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wesley Snipes calls, uh, calls him Rambo... Which is another role that Celeste's Stallone plays. Yeah, and in the back of like uh, Sandra Bullock's office, there's a poster for Lethal Weapon Two. Yeah, I saw and they that. kept on cutting to that. Like, and they tried to like they overuse that angle way and, too much. And there's there's another. So I think yeah, you're right. The movie was kind of aware of what it was doing. Well, and it tried <laughs> so, every single like every five minutes. There's a scene that was like, okay, we get it. We you're, get it. you're trying to create this wacky universe because there's another scene where they're in a car and they're talking about. You know, turning on the radio, oh, and they're like, they're like, oh, this is the best, this is the best channel, and it just plays uh, like, commercials it plays nonstop. Jing- it plays jingles. It plays like, jingles, and the one that they listen to is about like hot armor dogs. hot dogs. Yeah. I don't know if that's an actual thing from the eighties. Wall to wall mini tunes. You call them commercials. Here's that classic you've all been waiting for. The number one request of the day: armor hot dogs. Kids eat armor hot dogs. Wow, this is my fave. I don't know if that was a joke or if that's something they created. I think that is something. I, I've never heard of Armor Hot Dogs. I mean, but that dates us. I think yeah, <laughs> if it, it really us. was a thing in the eighties, and yeah. Uh, but so I mean, and so the movie's just filled with these kind of funny, weird things, and sometimes, just sometimes, I felt it was a little too much. Mm-hmm. They were trying a little too hard. I mean. There's even a part where they say Taco Bell is the only restaurant. After the franchise wars. After the franchise wars. Yeah, my reward is dinner and dancing at Taco Bell. I mean, hey, I like Mexican food, but come on. Your tone is quasi facetious, but you do not realize that Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. So? So? Now all restaurants are Taco Bell. Fun fact, in I, the European version, yeah. it was Pizza Hut. No I way. Cause, you know, yeah, because yeah, it's not Taco Bell in uh, yeah. Europe. 
And so, yeah, all the logos are replaced with Pizza Hut logos, and they even ADR'd, like, Pizza Hut instead of Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird future where Taco Bell is considered, like, a five-star, like, fancy restaurant. Like, there's, like... Because yeah, every like, restaurant is Taco Bell. <laughs> That's a dark future. I don't want to yeah. live in. <laughs> yeah. After it was revealed that, like, a lot of their meat was filler and not actual yeah, yeah. meat. And um, this is a future of... Yeah, and this is the world where it's the future of dining. That's insane. Yeah, so... I know your favorite scene. Oh, we yeah. We haven't talked about it. The greatest scene in cinematic history. So, as we said already, there's no sex in this future. And at one point, Sandra Bullock is very aroused by Stallone's his, macho-ness. Like, yeah, his brutality and his, his brutality. like you know his spontaneity. So she asks him to have sex. And, and Stallone is like dumbfounded. He's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, of course I'll have sex with you. And my... Resultant condition. Um, I was wondering if you would like to have sex. With you? Mm-hmm. Here? <laughs> now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Stallone is, like, confused. And she says, in the future, they don't have contact sex anymore. They just have, like, mind sex or something like that. So they put on the helmets, and she tells him to relax, and I can't describe in words what happens, but basically we get, like, feels it's like a, a horror, weird EDM horror, horror movie, because we see, like, flashes of her, like, orgasming, and so, shots of Stallone panicking as he's receiving these, like, mind visions. And it's, like, and the audio is so distorted, and so, like, it's so, it's terrifying. Well, the flashes, it's, it's like, strobe lighting on black. And yeah. so it really feels very uh, unnerving. It's so and it's, unnerving. you just see, it's like they took a spotlight and just shine it on the face. And so there's like these really harsh shadows on, and, and there's like a black backdrop. And so it's just flashing like photos of like their face. Yeah. Ooh. Cut between Sandra Bullock's orgasmic face and Sylvester Stallone's like really weird, like, Ooh. it was so <laughs> weird. I don't, I, it was really uncomfortable. It was to uncomfortable, watch. but it was just so weird. And then was, she's like, Oh, wh- why'd you break off having sex? He's like, Sex? I didn't even touch you. And she's like, Oh, we don't have contact sex anymore. He's like, What? You guys don't like knock boots anymore? You guys don't hunka chunka? Hunka chunka? What was- the f- who calls that? Who calls sex hunka chunka? Yeah. Well, the, on that topic, there's a bunch of weird scenes where Sandra Bullock, where where Sandra Bullock says phrases no, from the twentieth century. Yeah, this is your favorite gag. Simon Phoenix knows he has some competition. He's finally matched his meat. You really licked his ass. That's met his match and kicked kicked his ass. Met. Met his chief. You can take this job and you can shovel it. Hmm? Take this job and shovel it. Yeah. Close enough. This one, this is the one of the few gags I actually really enjoyed. The rest kind of annoyed me, but this one I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, there was something annoying about the language. Like, they would car, like, not only they call killing murder, death, kill, but they would call, like, cards conveyances. Yeah. And they would be like, have a glorious day. It was really, really, I don't know, like, the language is really weird. And they would try to speak in this very peaceful, pacifistic kind of tone. And everyone yeah. just has a punchable face. So, overall, I liked this movie. It was good. It was a bit off for me. 
It tried at times it tried way too hard to be funny and, and be that bad wacky movie like it knew that bad wacky movies were a thing and you, it, they, okay so you thought, i think they wanted to be that movie they you think they want to be bad I, th- I think I, I think they're aware of how wacky the world they were making and just how bonkers it was but i don't think they were aiming for bad well bad in the sense of what in in wacky okay, yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah. wacky is like bad. i don't think they're aiming to be it, a kind of movie where it's so bad it's so good i think this is just a product I, of the 80s. I think they were I'm not sure. I don't know. I think they were <laughs> aiming for something. Yeah. And and they slightly missed their mark because I a, a lot of the jokes for me fell a bit flat. Like they were entertaining, mm-hmm. but they weren't funny. And it, it maybe it's because they were too close to being real. Like a lot of yeah, the predictions yeah. in this movie ended up being like, oh well, that that's a that's oddly good for the, <laughs> the, the the future kind of predictions are actually yeah they were oddly on the money but one thing i love is i love movies where uh they give you know a year that has already passed and it has insane predictions the movie opens with it's 1996 and the hollywood sign is on fire yeah and half of la is in a crime war i thought that part was funny yeah <laughs> um so would you give this movie uh and i i think i already know your answer mm-hmm. watch or pass uh absolute watch absolute yeah. watch it's it's great to you know we started the season off with future sport and that was an absolute watch and I'm glad we could end it with an absolute watch. But what do you think of it? I I give a hesitant watch. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. I thought it had good action, uh, but it would just it was good action, but it wasn't great action. It was funny, but it wasn't that funny. Mm-hmm. And so it was good in the sense that it was a good bad movie yeah. but it wasn't like a great bad oh no movie. i would not recommend this yeah. to anyone who like loves cinema <laughs> well it wasn't even for bad even for fans of bad movies yeah. like oh, it was think, yeah. it was a good bad movie but it was there there's yeah. better bad movies out there yeah. future sport one of them yeah <laughs> um i actually didn't do much research on this who directed this and has he done anything since um so that's an interesting one cuz so the it's a first time director huh. his name's marco brambilla I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but well, he's o- not listening. He's not mad. Yeah, <laughs> but I doubt he might be because he's 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 fallen on so very hard times. Uh, the only other major movie he directed after this is a movie called Excess Baggage with um, it has a few like bigger cast members, but there it's really I've never heard of it before. What well, did it look like an action um, when, when you saw it? What it looked like a rom com. I didn't oh, really geez, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I didn't lo- really look too much into it. It started. It looked like Christopher Walken was in the movie. Uh, I I haven't seen it. I love C- Christopher Walken, yeah. as we know. Yeah. He was also in a movie that we've talked about previously, um, Geely. Geely. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the bo- the movie had a uh, hundred fifty nine million at the box office. That's good, according to the box office mojo. So it made it back its money, shockingly. Yeah, it was it was like a fifty million budget. Uh, for so it did do pretty well. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it didn't do better in foreign markets, but you know. Uh, they love. I know they love Stallone they love movies. Stallone, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it has a sixty-four percent Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't bad. But I, I attribute that to Rotten Tomatoes rating system, where if they just have good or bad, uh-huh. where if you semi liked it, you give it a good. If you oh, if you disliked no... it, you give it a bad. So it's it it skews the rating okay, results. Yeah. So the and whereas Metacritic gave and it I guess a thirty four percent. I I know this movie has like a cult status. Like a lot of people yeah. who like watching bad movies love this. So I might it might be people skewing that by saying like, oh, it was good, but they're ironic, like me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Metacritic gave it a thirty four percent, and that's because Metacritic um takes a you actually give like a percentage. Yeah. So I'd rate the movie like forty nine percent, where 
where and that's actually taken into account it takes the average of all the numbers and you get a lot more exact data so that's why metacritic tends to be a lot lower than ron tomatoes because ron tomato it's just either a 100 percent or zero percent i think that's where we're going to conclude this week's episode i'd like to thank everyone who's listening uh, or paying attention to us for the past couple months i think we enjoyed doing this podcast and i hope you guys enjoy listening to it Sure, this isn't the last you'll hear from us. I think we like the future. Now that you've demolished everything. But there's just one thing I want to know. Hmm. How's that damn three seashell thing work?